welcome to 44 at 60. At a business event in early 2019, your host Trevor Lee foolishly agreed to run the 2021 Classic Quarter. A 44-mile ultramarathon on the coastal path from the UK's most southerly point, Lizard Village, to the UK's most westerly point, Land's End. This podcast follows Trevor's progress and will include contributions from seasoned ultra runners who will be offering Trevor lots of top tips and advice as he ventures forth on this ridiculous quest. And the podcast title? Well, it's 44 miles and yes, Trevor has a big birthday in 2021, but he'd rather not say which one it is. Okay, it's time to lace up the running shoes, load up on carbs and gels and get this show on the Cornish Coastal Path. Okay, welcome everybody. Now on this episode, I've got with me a really interesting guy, Richard Moore. Richard's been an actor, he's been a TV guy, a radio guy, and he's also a long-time runner. So Richard, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you very much. Nice to be here. But the, the only thing is you've prevented me from going out running. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> Why, really? Yes. <laughs> you don't run 24 hours a day, surely. <laughs> no, I, do, I don't. I, I, like, I like to get my running in sort of mid-morning and then I... Come oh. back and yeah, nice little routine. Mid morning run, followed by a, a shower, followed by lunch, followed by a snooze. That's my training. <laughs> That's my training schedule. Yes. You sound very much like a professional runner, Richard, with a schedule like that. Well, being an actor, of course, for most of my life, I've had, uh, you know, long spells out of work and running certainly kept me together through lots of that because, you know, it's, uh, you're waiting for the phone to ring from the agent. Uh, meanwhile, you can put in the miles, and uh, okay. that, that's what led me to become a runner in, in the first place. Starting off jogging, as we all do, um, uh, back in London in the late seventies, I think the Sunday Times were doing a thing called the Sunday Times Fun Run in Hyde Park. I think it was two miles, and I did that. I was working in the theatre at the time, and I thought that's a fun thing to do. So I did that, and then it just sort of um, it grew from there. Um, I like all of us, I just added distance and time and effort and eventually joined a running club. I joined Highgate Harriers and eventually ended up running in the first London Marathon in 1981. Did you really? Yeah. The very first yeah. London Marathon? Yeah. Because my recollection was from reading about that, that, there weren't that many runners in that? I think, if my memory serves me right, I, th- I think there were seven and a half thousand applied. Uh, and I think just over six thousand of us ran. Wasn't it, it, that many, was it? Really? Yes, wow. it, it was incredible. It's a very wet day, but it was huge. I can't tell you. It was so, it was so exciting to run on those closure roads in that first London Marathon. Uh, it was epic. It was raining, but I remember running on my own down the mile. I finished in three twenty. Did you that really? And, That's uh, a good time. It wasn't a bad time. I was pleased with that. I eventually got a bit faster, but uh, it got harder and harder, as you know. <laughs> 320. That's great. So did you, did you continue on? Did you do it the next year as well? Um, I think I did do it the next year. I, uh, the, the same year I did, um, uh, the, the, uh, Manchester Marathon. It was actually Bolton, I think it was. That was wonderful because I ran it with a pal of mine who was, uh, had, had a, a, a bad day. You, you finished. It was a very hot day and you finished on a thing, uh, somebody with a sense of humor called Plodder's Lane. <laughs> which is wonderful. And I remember running up there and having, um, 
Um, uh, there was oh, lots of old ladies, northern Ina Sharples type ladies, sitting out in their armchairs, giving you cake and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, I ran up there on my own, and a poor chap in his car turned onto the course right in front of me. <laughs> he was shocked to find these old ladies beating on the roof of his car saying, leave the lad alone, leave the lad alone. Yeah, so I finished and proceeded to be sick in the finishing thing as a rather attractive girl tried to put a medal over me. So yes, so I did my first two marathons in the same year in 81. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you, you said you did 320, but you got a bit better after that. Yeah, so I think my best was, uh, I, I claim 254. 254. Wow. Yeah, that, that was interesting because that Jones. was, in, that was in the Windsor Marathon, which is the oldest marathon, was the oldest marathon in the country. It was what used to be the Olympic Marathon. Oh, right. Uh, it was the right. first time, uh, the, I think it's, not, I'm uncertain, it's the turn of the century where the then Queen wanted to see the marathon start off at Windsor Castle. Yeah. So her kids could see it. Yeah. And then it would run round and finish at, um, at the stadium in London at Shepherd's Bush. So that was when the first marathon became 26 miles, 365 yards, because yeah. that was the exact distance. Yeah. Anyway, over the years, it, uh, it, the distance altered slightly. The course, the distance didn't alter, but the course altered. And I was pleased uh, that I ran it that particular year. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. 254. That's, yeah. that's a great time. Yeah. That's a really great time. Yeah. So your, your running career just carried on around your acting then, did it? So when you were really busy, your running dropped off a bit. When you're not so busy, your running picked up. Is yeah, I'm more or less, I'm more or less, I'm more or less kept ticking over. I used to play, I used to play a bit of football. I had a, uh, I was in the Royal Shakespeare Company for a number of years and I organized a football team there and we used to play, but it, it became increasingly perilous right. on a, when you were actually supposed to be on stage to play a Sunday morning football game in which some young lad of 17 seemed determined to break your leg. <laughs> and it seemed to me a, a better thing if I wanted to keep fit was to run instead of play football, especially <laughs> as I turned into my early 40s. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. And were other actors that you were working with, were they runners as well? Were you yes, yes, around? yes, there were a lot. Um, and, and eventually, um, uh, a lovely guy called Ken Lomas, uh, who worked for the uh, TV Times, uh, Ken's daughter sadly died of leukemia, I think, in her 30s. And because of his position on the TV Times, he was able to start a, a team, the TV Times Leukemia Research Team. And of course, it hoovered up a tremendous amount of uh, actors and celebs and so on and so forth, which enabled uh, millions of pounds to be raised via the team for that particular uh, project for leukemia research. Yeah. 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 Now, I suppose back in those days when you were running the marathon, that was, I, I guess, because, you know, th- this podcast is all about me running this ultramarathon. Yes. So, I, I mean, did ultramarathons exist in those days? And, you know, which I th- and I think the definition is anything above a marathon. Is an ultramarathon. Yeah, I'm but. not certain that they did. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they did. There were, there were a few crackpots, but it was the same with marathons, wasn't it? I mean, there was a time when only a few crackpots, maybe mm. a couple of hundred people mm. in, uh, in mm. Britain would run a marathon. Um, uh, they were generally club runners, weren't they? And they were all eccentric. They were all mad. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. seemed. And it was only when the jogging boom took off in the, uh, in the late seventies and eighties that, that, that it started nowadays, of course. I mean, People will regularly run. An average club runner will will run under three hours, and think nothing of it. Yeah. Um, um, 
and meanwhile, a massive amount of money is raised for charity. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, when you ran your 254, because, mm. you know, one of the big step forwards, of course, has been kit. Yeah. You know, because around the time you were running, I was, I was at a sports college uh, doing a sports degree around that 81 time. And um, we had, we had no, no special kit at all. You know, we were doing a sports degree. We didn't have any special running gear or anything like that. So do you remember sort of just, was it just basically any old trainers that you were running in? No, no, no. I was, I, was quite, I was quite serious about that. It seemed to me a reasonable thing that if you're going to pound the pavement, you've got some decent shoes. But um, uh, I had some uh, Nike um, okay. uh, waffle the original waffle ones. If I had them now, they'd be worth a fortune. <laughs> can, <laughs> Where are they now? <laughs> Where are they now? You can sell them on eBay. I've seen some of the prices. Uh, and then I, ch- I changed to uh, uh, New Balance shoes because I got slightly wide feet and uh, New Balance did width fittings. But you used to get through them at a heck of a rate, you know. I used to goo, uh, goo them, the shoe goo or something. I used to put that on the heels to try to get a few more <laughs> miles out. Of, you know. And what about what about sort of, Eating and drinking. Did you do any of that on the course in those days? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, you did. The, the, the drink stations weren't as um, prolific as they are now. Um, but yes, you did do that. And you read avidly, you know. And, uh, Runner's World, I think, was out at that time. And uh, Jogger's World and the James Fix book, you know, on running and so on and so forth. So, yeah, you read, you read what you could and realized that you had to do a bit of carbohydrate loading. That was became very popular. Yes, having a, having a pizza the night before. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, you didn't do much depletion <laughs> the week before, but you learnt about tapering and, and all those kind of things, and hmm. when to drink and on the marathon, and you know what to do. I, I, one of the things that always got me about. It, I was always sick after them. When I finished, I was always sick. I had nothing to be sick on by that time. Right. But it's an extraordinary sight. I remember the first time, London particularly, is that you got this extraordinary scene. It looked like a battlefield. It looked like Waterloo <laughs> at the end of the mall because there were all these very slim, very fit people, apparently unable to walk <laughs> and vomiting. <laughs> in the few, in the few uh, sort of hour or two afterwards, you'd see people staggering on <laughs> Trying to get onto the tube and you know, walking <laughs> backwards upstairs and all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah, because it it's a strenuous thing to run a marathon. You know, yeah. the old old adage that the halfway point is twenty miles for the average recreational runner. That is true. Mm. The world falls in on you at twenty yeah. miles. On I was running maybe forty-five, fifty miles a week. You know. Yeah. I remember when I ran my first marathon in Amsterdam 2005, I, I, I spent the previous uh, winter reading a book uh, called The Runner's Handbook by a guy called Bob Glover. I've got it. Have you really? Yes. Yeah, and, and I remember one of the, there were two things that I remember most. One was write your name on your shirt. And I think nowadays a lot of shirts are printed with names on, but he said write your name on your shirt. So I ran in a white running shirt with black Trevor written over it. And it was, it was amazing because... People, you know, clearly you had no idea who they were and they, they didn't know you, but they were shouting out your name and it was brilliant for encouragement. Yeah. And the second thing was, he said, when you get to that 20 mile point, you've got 10K to go, 6.2 miles. And he said, don't forget, anyone can run a 10K. So he was kind of trying to get you ready mentally yeah. for thinking, right, I've got a 10K. I can easily do that. I've done it hundreds of times in training for this marathon. So I can easily do that. And that was his kind of approach to, Getting over that last that last bit yeah. in that very first marathon, yeah. did you did you notice uh, people? Well, you were running 
obviously quite quickly, but did you notice people around you who were beginning to struggle, you know, hit the wall, that sort of thing? Oh, without without any doubt. I, I'd had some experience of that previously because I think the first marathon I actually ran was in Solihull, I think, near Birmingham. I forget the name of it now. Um, but I remember at, at 20 miles um, uh, turning to a chap who was running with me. You know how you make pals during a, an event sometimes, you know. Yeah. You start chatting yeah, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I remember saying to him, only another six miles to go. And an hour later, I staggered in. Because it took me that long, you know. Uh, so I had that experience when I went into London. And as a result, I, I took it easy. I used to try to do what are called negative splits. Okay. You know, to run slowly the first bit. And uh, I, used to, I used to tape them to my arm. I used to have a bit of cardboard wrapped around with sellotape. And I'd have my s- split times, my mile times, on to look down that. And I used to try to keep to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're really enjoying this interview. If you'd like to come on the show and share your experiences, your expertise and your top tips in any area of running, particularly maybe around your journey to your first marathon or first ultramarathon, your training, including cross-training, anything you've got on clothing, shoes and equipment, eating and drinking prior to and on the run, motivation and mindset, injury prevention, dealing with injuries, etc., any of those areas that you'd like to come and share your experience and expertise on, that would be fantastic. So please do get in touch and we'll fix up an interview to get you on the show. The best way to get in touch is to probably email me via Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk and that's L-double-E for the Lee bit, so that's Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Okay, let's get back to the interview. So rolling forward to today, yeah. you, you, uh, you and I met through Parkrun. So um, you're, 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 you're rerunning, I think, aren't you? Coming back to running, is that? Is well, that yes, I'm, uh, yes, I'm making a comeback at the venerable age of 77. Uh, there's a story to that is, that, is that because I kind of stretched and did all the right things, I think, when I was running, uh, I had very few injuries. Um, and then one day working uh, on a house I was renting up north, um, I stepped backwards from a ladder and uh, missed one rung. That's all. My knee went underneath me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It hurt. Um, I, I didn't realise that I'd torn my cartilage very badly. Oh, right. Um, Gosh, that that must have um, that put you out of action for a while. Then, it, it? it did. It gradually got worse. I was running along the canal at Leeds, as well as most of my training, and I, and I just couldn't get going. It turned out I came back home. Uh, I had to have the cartilage removed, and when I had the cartilage removed, then arthritis set in uh, quite quickly. And uh, I put on weight because I couldn't run. Um, and uh, they wanted to give me a knee replacement, and I thought, well, my running days are over. And uh, so I took up cycling, and uh, I've had about you know twelve or fifteen years of cycling. Uh, I took the weight off about thirty thirty five pounds, uh, and cycling, being non load bearing, of course, has enabled me to to do it. Last year, I tried to make a bit of a comeback at the gym. I thought I'll do a couch potato to 5K. <laughs> anyway, after about five weeks, the knee just flared up. Even Dr. Ibuprofen wouldn't uh, solve it. Um, and the, the guy at my gym, Anytime Fitness, uh, Lee Weston, who is also a physiotherapist, said, look, Richard, your running days are over. You're a man that at your age can ride 100 miles on a bike. You're a cyclist now. 
And I thought, well, yeah, maybe he's right. And I tried again, and it happened again. So I thought, well, he is right. This year, I thought I'll be even more conservative. So what I did, I got the Couch Potatoes 5K, NHS, highly recommended. Um, I got Michael Jackson, is it, the American sprinter, as my coach, the voice coach. The little voice comes in your uh, ear. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. You can, you can, you can have any choice of four coaches. And when you've got your little <laughs> earphones in, they tell you when to run and when to jog and so on and so forth. But in st- what I did, I, I, um, I simply walked for the first bits and then I power walked the second. Well, after 12 weeks, to cut a long story short, my knee was still okay. It still hurts a bit. And I thought, well, that's not bad. So I'll do another 12 weeks. So for the other 12 weeks, I started to um, uh, power walk and then jog. And now I can do four and a half, uh, five miles. And I've done the excellent Trilisic Park run with you quite a few times yeah. as well. So yeah. yes, I have made a comeback and I'm planning to do the Penrose 10K. It will be an endurance event for me. <laughs> I shan't be very fleet of foot, but I'm determined to finish it. And of course, like all runners... Uh, X and uh, present. I, I now find myself flicking through half marathon schedules, <laughs> you know, and I've got my eye on the Exeter uh, half marathon. Maybe when, it depends how the knee holds. When's up. that? That's in October. It's three weeks after the Penrose Tinker. Right. It may be too soon, but I'll see. Okay. I'd love to have done the Truro half marathon, but it's a bit too arduous and too hilly. Yeah. So I could just be helping out on the day. Maybe next year. Well, yes, see how it goes. I, I, I have to say, too, that I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I have entered the ballot for the London Marathon. Have you? Yes, <laughs> I have. I have. I don't know what will happen if I get in it. But listen, I could walk 26 miles. You know, yeah. It'd be wonderful to take part in it again. I'm sure it would, yeah. Roll, have, have you done it? You did it in 81. Have you done it since then? Yes, I've done it twice. Since. Twice, okay. And the, yeah. and the most recent time? I, um, that would have been in the uh, mid-80s, I think. But by that time, I was getting slower. <clears throat> it was just as hard, you know, in fact, because you're out for longer. You, know, yeah. you, you may as well get it over quicker, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really quick. I suppose I've done about a dozen marathons in all. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I used to prefer the half marathon. Because the half marathon, you can warm up, you know, for the first couple of miles. You can run long and hard, and then you hang on and you're there. Yeah. And then the following week. You don't hurt as much. You recover quicker. Yeah. Um, so, Richard, any top tips that you want to you want to share with me that um, you know to, for, for me personally to you know tackle this this forty four miler in two years time? I'm I'm in awe of anybody who tackles these long distances. I'm always reading books about them. I, I think that's a wonderful wonderful thing to do. But I generally read the books with a large scotch in my hand. <laughs> Um, so that's it. Take a large scotch uh, on the t- run. T- take a large scotch. It, seem, it seems to me it's, it's a wonderful world—the world of endurance running and fell running and off-road running. It's a it's a whole new world, and people are doing the most remarkable things. And it, one of the nice things about it, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this, is is the camaraderie that seems to exist yeah. amongst endurance runners because the events patently are bigger than anybody, and on the day anything can happen. Yeah, um, if you're going to run a hundred. 56 miles or something like that, you know, as people do. Um, it's, it's, it's a big ask, isn't it? Are you doing all the right things? I think. Yeah, you, I'm sure you'll do it. It's, well, you know, this, this podcast is very self-indulgent, but fundamentally it is a motivational tool. 
Yes. So the only reason I'm doing this is to remind me that I'm still doing this in two years' time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you get there. As Mao Zedong famously said, you've only got to put one foot in front of the other. You know what I mean? That's, That's right. Keep kind of going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've interviewed a few, a few people so far. And, um, and, and Andy Goundry, whose interview is out there now, um, particularly said, you know, just, just go and enjoy it and run with a smile on your face. And, yes. and, and I have to say, I'm, you know, one of the podcasts that came out very early in this series was my experience of running, running the, uh, the Roseland August Trail, the rat series. And it was my favorite run of the year. I only did 11 miles, but it was a start. And, um, and it, it really was great. And as you say, the camaraderie all the way around was fantastic. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was just such a, refreshing run to take part in yeah i mean we're born to run aren't we as, as human beings we are born to run we've got millions of years of genetics that suggest that yeah uh and uh you know a lithe creature like yourself will, <laughs> <laughs> will cast back the years and you know i i, I hope i'll be there in fact, in fact when i saw that you were doing it i started to look at some schedules <laughs> Come on, get your, get, get your name down there. Get your name down there, Richard. Well, you can, of course, run it um, as a relay, as a relay of four, and you can run it as a relay of two. So yeah. my part of my plan is next year, 2020, yeah. to run it as a relay of two. So I'm working on a couple of people who um, who could do that with me. Richard, it's been fantastic to uh, to talk to you. Thank you very much for sharing all your running moments throughout your career. And um, and again, I'm really glad that, you know, park run, because I, I'm a, I only stumbled across park run myself a couple of years ago. So, you know, and I think it's just a fantastic thing. And, um, and you've clearly experienced that with park run as well, I think, haven't you? I love it. I, I, I turned up, um, a year ago. I was cycling on the Roseland, came across the King Harry Ferry, uh, bumped into all the gang from park run who were doing a, a thing for the National Health Service that day. And, uh, Dr. Claire Mensing. Oh yeah, a runner of considerable prowess herself saw me and said, um, <laughs> uh, "Richard, you should come and marshal." And I said, oh, "I'm a bit busy and so on and so forth." And when I rode away, I thought it's a bit churlish response. I thought <laughs> I, I, I could ride in from Truro and I'll just do it once. Well, I've been there for a year now. I love it. I love it. I love seeing all the endeavour, the families, the the kids, the dogs. It's a wonderful experience. Yeah, I recommend it to anybody great stuff richard it's been a real pleasure so thank you very much for coming on the show um if you're listening to this uh, podcast and you'd like to come on the show and share your thoughts and ideas your top tips whether that be about running running technique nutrition hydration training preparing mentally kit whatever you like then uh, give me a shout and i can either come around and interview you like i'm doing with richard this morning or we can do it over zoom which is a sort of version of skype um Email me, trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk if you want to get involved or simply connect with me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. So thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do share this podcast. You can subscribe to it for free on your podcast app um, and that means you don't have to miss any episodes at all. So once again, Richard, many, many thanks for being on the show. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you this morning. A pleasure. That's it for another episode of 44 at 60. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review on your podcast app or wherever you download the podcast from. And we hope you've been inspired to get your running shoes on.